Hey, you're listening to Sit Down For Real, a new podcast for anyone interested in movies, especially the making of movies. I'm Mason Coyle, and each week I will be joined by various guests, including directors, actors, writers, people who will share their hands-on experience of the filmmaking process and discuss either the topic of the week or a movie review. If that sounds like something you're into, perfect. If not, stick with us anyway. We're not famous yet, but that doesn't mean we aren't entertaining. Sit Down For Real is made by a group of creatives, collaborating across numerous projects in the hopes of turning our passions into careers. We hope this podcast will be a platform where we can cultivate our skills and share what we learn with you, our audience. If you ever have a comment, question, suggestion, or a nice review, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook at Sit Down For Real. That's real, R-E-E-L, like a film reel. It's a pun. You understand. Anyway, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Now on with the show. Hello all and welcome to Sit Down For Real where we talk movies from script to screen, high budget to no budget, whether it's the film of the year or your first film ever, we're here to discuss the filmmaking process and the movies we love and sometimes hate. I'm your host, Mason Coyle. I got got another big group with me today. Everybody who's participating, please introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Kyle. Hi, I'm Levi. And I'm Jenny. Great. So we're here today to talk about remakes, but before we get into it, I want to kind of go off of, um, there's a lot of different ways to say a movie is a remake. Um, Obviously, we're going to be focusing on movies that were remakes of other movies, but there's an interesting category between uh, movies that were made off of books. And we're going to be doing a, or we're going to try to do a monthly series where we start talking about books versus movies, comparing them and, and just talking about them in general. We have a, po- uh, a poll right up on our Facebook group right now, and we're going to be keeping it up basically for most of the month. I think we're going to probably aim for like the 22nd to have a, a firm winner of what book um, movie comparison that we're going to talk about. Um, so if you're a member of our Facebook group, go ahead and try to find that poll. Vote for it if you haven't already. If you're not a member of our Facebook group, go ahead and find us. Sit down for real. You can search through the Facebook groups and you'll find us. Um, so let's get into it. Um, talking about uh, remakes, I did, a before we started, a whole list of movies. And it's kind of like unending the amount of remakes that are out there there's kind of categories i think we're going to talk about disney most recently with all their remakes going from animation to uh cgi or live action whatever and then we have horror movies which kind of by nature you know they can be rebooted or reset um to remake in that sort of way we have superhero genres which you know batman has had his iterations and i think it's very likely within 20 years we're going to see another Iron Man start up you know mm-hmm. so um, let's let's talk about it I don't know what kind of movies pop into your guys' head when you hear remakes uh, most of the movies that I think of are horror movies I think they're often readapted and reimagined at least from thinking about and, and superhero movies too just because of uh, VFX and uh, special effects and things like that everybody wants to see it redone and re- uh, shot in a more high-budget fashion, maybe. Right. Movies like the original Halloween that had, like, I don't remember what the budget was. It was incri- It was basically an indie film at the time. It was super low budget, yeah. and it, the amount of times that it has been redone, or even just the, if you look at, like, the Rob Zombie one that they did, mm-hmm. the budget difference is crazy, and the style difference is ridiculously <laughs> uh, <laughs> eccentric and uh, 
some people loved it, some people hated it, but I think with all the remakes, the idea is to try to reimagine it in a way, but they don't want to get screwed over in reimagining it and uh, lose the original aspects that made the film good, so. Right. Because just our last episode, we were talking about The Invisible Man as a horror yeah, remake, yeah. and that is one of the, I would say, more rare examples of a remake being absolutely amazing. Right. Um, but I'd also mentioned that I had recently watched uh, the new Child's Play that came out last mm -hmm. year and was pleasantly surprised with that, that that um, kind of felt um, similar and sort of the same vibes of, you know, riding that edge between horror and comedy right. and uh, being kind of creepy, like really creepy at certain points. Um, it had a lot working for it. Um, but it doesn't blow me away, and I feel like that's one of the things that really kind of puts a bad uh, name on remakes because so many of them don't blow you away. Like they don't beat the original. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so why don't we talk about that? <laughs> I was gonna say a lot of the times when I think of remakes, it's either the superhero uh, genre or a lot of times it happens to be Disney because they do like to reboot their IPs, either for money or just because they felt like it. Um, out of original ideas. Or, yeah, <laughs> or they're out of original ideas. I feel like that's what it is a lot. Um, for the superhero movies, I do enjoy it because while you can just do the same kind of origin story for each superhero, they can also dip into the comics and find different stories that haven't been talked about and haven't been brought to a big screen or discussed in all that much excitement. And so they can make those changes and still have something that a lot of people will enjoy. Yeah, if I can go off of that, I see with um, the, the constant new superheroes, you know, the origin story, like you said, um, it can be so formulaic. And again, that's what one of those things that becomes a problem, which is a shame considering with a lot of these properties, their names are big enough where you don't even need an origin story. You could just get into an original story and, you know, let the audience catch up because, one, they're probably familiar, or even if they're not, you know, they can piece it together. Audiences aren't as stupid as sometimes people like to think that they are. It's like if you show them a superhero starting to fight somebody, you don't really need to know what started them out on it as long as you get like the vibe of who they are by the way they speak, the way they act, the choices they make, you know? As long as you set up the character, you don't have to have, or as long as you have a fully fleshed out character, you don't need to tell how they got there. Right. Just say who they are. Yeah, a lot of new remakes especially hint at those things. They don't go through the entire process. Like the new, um, not the, the newest Ghostbuster movie that I don't think it's come out yet, right? No. So that... If the hints from the uh, trailer, anyway, are that it's heavily reliant on not entirely telling the story of the original one, mm -hmm. but showing you little things from it. It's like a it's a nostalgia poke in the tummy. Mm -hmm. Like it's it, it, that's all it feels like to me, anyway. And a lot of newer remakes, I feel like, do that where they're just like, "We'll do a new story, but we can't not." mention this yeah. at least a little bit even if it's showing an old car or showing some gadgets or something that they had from the original one people who have never seen the original one will probably still enjoy the movie because of that but they won't enjoy it for the aspect of knowing all the stuff that's popping up because that's where you're gaining half of your audience with these remakes yeah. is the people who were obsessed with the original one mm -hmm. and now want to come back and tear apart this new one <laughs> well and that's 
when I think, because I tend to think remakes in a pretty negative yeah. aspect, and like you were saying, when remakes tend to not blow us away, and I think it's because a lot of times they cut corners on that because they don't have to retell everything, and they are using that like nostalgic push, and so I feel like then some of the content and the quality that made the original so good is now lost. Like I think of the Lion King one. I mean, the animated one obviously changed Disney forever and, like, is an integral part of, like, our childhoods. And the newer one took out so much of it. I mean, it took out an entire song and it cut, like, some of the character qualities and some of the plot lines. But it can bounce off of that, like, nostalgic factor. Um, and they still get away with it and they still make a lot it, of money. <laughs> it feels, yeah, it's like, it feels sleazy at times, right? Yeah. Where, like, it feels like all they're relying on is, like, nostalgia from the original one. And sometimes that they totally don't reference the original one. There's some I, I'm trying to think of a remake that might have just like ignored the fact that the original one exists. And it probably more comes with uh, like superhero movies yeah. or something. Like all the like, Spider Man ones, really. Yeah, they don't. Like, they yeah. they ignore the fact that that Spider Man ever existed, obviously, because he's not supposed to in that yeah. world. But I think I don't fanboys might not be the right word. I think that's often <laughs> who gets upset with a lot of remakes. People who were loved every single aspect of the original and come back and they even if they do shot for shot they'll take something from it that they didn't like this character didn't act like the character in the original one it's like well they're not the same character in, in its entirety mm -hmm. so it's i feel like there's a stigma right now against remakes for sure yeah so because i think and and you guys touched on it a tiny bit by bringing up the fact that they make money and the reason that they do, obviously, is because whether it's nostalgia or just the sheer fact that people recognize the title so that they know basically what they're getting into. If you put out an original story and have no idea what it is, your audience, you know, most of them aren't going to be interested just because they have no idea. Or, you know, you can show a trailer, but they're not going to really go for that unless they're, you know, big movie go goers already or they hear good word of mouth. Right. You know, mm -hmm. so that's the only way to do original stories. So, um, for making big money, um, studios rely on remakes basically, or you know, just reusing the properties that they own. And yeah, that comes from a very cynical, kind of terrible place. Um, but as I was doing some of the list of some, uh, a long list of movies that have been remade, I'm also thinking in my head, you know, Batman's been remade and he's going to continue to get remade. And I love that because I always want more Batman movies, um, and I just get mad when they're not good, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And see, that's the problem. It's like, I want them to go ahead and make the remakes, but I feel like they're making a mistake in the fact that remakes should be like your your small little, I don't know, small, just let's be nice and say medium-sized budget, <laughs> right? Because you know you're going to come up with a profit. Okay. And then gamble with the more like interesting stuff. Obviously, that's not really great for business structure, but that would be more ethical, I feel like, you know, where yeah. that, that you're just chipping on on stories where you can do Frankenstein over and over again because, you know, he's an interesting character when you do him right. Um, and there's, if you are not shackled by, like, any certain, like, uh, story that he has to be in, you could put uh, him anywhere. And he kind of already has because he's a character who, you know, um, I guess is in the... Uh, 
the public domain so people can put them into cartoons they can um, you know put them in the movies or they can just put them as a cartoon and whatever yeah, uh, yeah but, that newest Frankenstein have you, you know what I'm talking about the one with oh, what is his name he was uh, in he was Harvey Dent in the dark yeah, yeah I know it I didn't see it yeah so I I don't I feel terrible I don't remember his name it is a wild take on Frankenstein doesn't even mention you, yeah. you don't you wouldn't you wouldn't know if you didn't know about the original like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein doesn't even touch it it's so different and he's almost a superhero in a sense yeah. in this movie and it was it's kind of cool because it takes a character that you're used to seeing in this light and totally reimagines it and sometimes and I think it, I don't remember if it got good reviews probably not because <laughs> people yeah. don't want it a lot of times people think they would want it reimagined and then it comes out and like you said, even some of the Batman movies, it's like, oh, they tried to, they tried their best to uh, change it a, l a little bit, but it never always, it not, it doesn't always work out uh, in their favor. I respect the effort, but I mean, it usually ends up pleasing somebody, but it's, it's really right. a question of like who's developing it, who's the audience, and you know, does that actually line up? Does it match? Is it, is it sustainable in a certain sense of like, is the story good enough to? to maintain over yeah. years um, in a lot of the cases it, it doesn't but you know when they do um, it's great I want to bring up um, one of the facts because I had forgotten in my head when I was researching um, remakes that the thing I I think of the thing the movie which was in the 70s I want to say pretty sure the, which one that's the one I'm saying because <laughs> I want to uh, I want to say it was 70s is the one I always think of but that was a remake of one that uh, started it in the 50s, which was, um, was it a novel or a short story? Um, I believe it was a novel. And it was, it was also adapted into a film. Right. But, you know, so that's just one of those situations, because we, I would, you know, say remake and The Thing, and I would complain about the fact that early in the 2000s they did a remake they said they were, they were going to use a whole lot of huh. practical effects, and then studio stepped in and, and made it too much CGI, and it was terrible. Yeah. But more importantly, the story wasn't as good. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's one of those instances of the, the remake didn't live up, so we say a negative thing. But the fact that the thing from the 70s uh, was a remake, you know, that's... And we don't even know it, or a lot of people don't even know it, because I knew and I forgot. Um, it's just interesting to me to see that kind of uh, growth over time of what audiences cling on to and what they feel is like original versus what actually is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. I was saying, yeah, I think that a lot of those more classic uh, movies do end up being like that. And so when there's a really recent remake and we criticize it, we don't remember that. I mean, because like The Wizard of Oz is one of those that was made numerous times before the famous one was and it might have even tried to be made after um but like again like you only think about that one interpretation of it when really that was already a remake mm -hmm. among remake yeah but then um just throwing some names out there to stir up conversation of some remakes uh, another bad example i think was robocop <laughs> but that's an interesting one because i think there's and this is going on for future movies, I imagine, because there's, like you said, nostalgia is a big factor right now where things in the 80s are trying to get made now. Um, 
but it doesn't really translate very well because the 80s had such a specific style to mm -hmm. it that it doesn't really translate well to new movies. Yeah, um, it doesn't come across the with the same... It's almost so reliant on the atmosphere of the times that the movie takes right. place in that when you try to recreate... I mean, a lot of the movies... Uh, if they'll maybe purposefully try to set you into that setting, whereas RoboCop, that felt like the it was just the time it was shot, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a little bit different than like uh, like a period piece or something like that, like where you say like oh we want to be in the nineteen forties. So that's more adaptable than the actual just time frame that the movie was shot in the eighties, where people it just dialogue and things like that, the way people behave was just a little bit different. And it's hard to directly translate into the the twenty first century style version of that. So, yeah, but um, let's see what else do I got here for remakes? Because there's also not just remakes all out and out, but there's these like soft reboots. Terminator is a good mm -hmm. example of again something that came out uh, a while ago in a specific you know buff action hero kind of over the top sort of way, and through time we've had you know remakes and I haven't seen them all but they played with a time continuum continuum so much that you know it's is it a remake is it just yeah, the same story continuation I mean, it's, right yeah it's crazy though to keep track of yeah. <laughs> well and I think there's even some where there's movies and then they remake them into like tv series where it continues that universe like Snowpiercer Use is a big one. That, yeah, it's like money grabs. Yeah, yeah, like that Bong Joon-ho directed, and then now they've started making a TV series that it's kind of yeah. expands that universe. And I think those are like a unique caveat of yes. remakes because while it's really cool to like get that more in-depth information on the universe, it does also feel, yeah, it feels like just like a money grab. Yeah, they're picking up the last pennies that they can yeah. get from that storyline and then move on to the next one yet the uh the thing i was looking up when we had said it so yeah it was based on like a graphic novel i think in the 50s mm. and then the so yeah 1951 the thing from another world came out which have you seen that it's, it's i watched the 1981 thing which is the one we were talking about the one with um Kurt Russell right. and all so that's the one everybody recognizes right mm -hmm. the one from the 50s I watched that after the fact of seeing the 1981 one because I thought the 1981 the John Carpenter one was the original one mm -hmm. and then they're like oh no no there's this other one from like 30 years ago and it, it didn't hold up <laughs> it was a much worse movie it's right. and it has so much to do with the the practical effects there's right. not as much suspense at all um, the lighting in the thing from 1981 is, it helps darken the whole setting so you feel like you're trapped in Antarctica with them, where in the other one, it's not the same vibe. It's just it's totally, you don't get the same, it's not scary at all. Um, the thing from 1981 has good scares, right. good suspense. They take their own kind of original spin on it too with the, like the blood tests and things like that. Yeah. So it, it's pretty cool. It's an example of a remake that definitely surpassed. It was a remake that I'm guessing somebody in the seven, like John Carpenter saw it, and he was like, this is my one of my favorite movies. He includes it in Halloween, too. He shows the original one on the TV screen uh, in the original Halloween, so I don't know his opinion. I'm sure he loves that movie, but yeah. he probably liked it so much, and he was like, I have the opportunity 
it being 30 years in the future to re not even reimagine this movie so much but make it my own and make it better because of the uh, effects and stuff we have now right we have more capabilities it's like remaking a movie from the 20s or something like they didn't have the if they had what we had maybe they would have made a better movie per se by the standards of today so they could have had more freedom to expand on that idea make it more real so i'm gonna say i think a lot of the good remakes that everybody thinks about are from older movies and it's more of innovation on right. that movie instead of some of the um less liked now i'm not gonna say bad because it's it's up to you whether it's bad or not but a lot of the movies remakes that people think are bad are because it's imitation instead of innovation mm. well and then the the thing is also a good example of that because you had mentioned the, the 2011 one that had come out that ruined the movie with innovation <laughs> so it, it did the the blood in that movie looked fake yeah. it was to the point to where they used so much special effects that it looked it just looked terrible and it what didn't have the same gore factor or almost realism which they it feels like they were trying to go for it they were like oh this looks yeah. more realistic let's go for that but it gave the total opposite effect it pulled you out of the movie every time you watched it and like you said the storyline was much worse too but yeah and that's the thing for me um kind of deciding on movies because i'm so torn a lot of the times with certain remakes with characters i love godzilla is a great example mm -hmm. because i love godzilla i love the kind of just pure destruction and, and fighting that can happen but I get so disappointed that you can't or that there's such an issue doing a human story that goes along with it right. I think we brought up on the podcast before that you know originally you know the the human story kind of echoing the the challenges of nuclear you know powers you know had a point and that's obviously why the character has lasted because so often they're able to do small little things like that that right. really anchor the people into it and then just show Godzilla as a character that's a bigger symbol and, and it's huge and powerful and, and just fun to watch. But then when we talk about the movies that are coming out now with Godzilla, I mean, the special effects are amazing and, and it's so cool to watch and I enjoy that bit of it. And it hurts me as like a writer to say, I just want to see a fight the entire movie rather than see, see a bad story about <laughs> characters that I don't care about because yep. it's either illogical or it's just inconsistent and, and you know all these sort of negative cliches that come out of that kind of genre and I'm just like you do so well on one part yeah. why why is there not just a little bit more of a budget on the writing department <laughs> so that was funny enough that was why the Batman Begins the first one of the Christopher Nolan trilogy mm-hmm that was why it's my least favorite of those three. Mm. Because it spent so long in that movie developing Batman's backstory. Yeah. You got so far into it before he started even putting this, like, got the suit together. They went through all that. Yeah. I, it's fine. It's still a good movie. I really like it. But it was the first time I watched it, I'm like, man, I just wish he would start kicking some ass. <laughs> like, I just wish he would start. He'd fallen through the ice and stuff. There's no way Ra's al Ghul was beating him up. Like, it was the whole time I'm like, come on, I just want him to beat somebody up. And But I will say, with that movie, not because I don't want to sh like shit on Christopher Nolan's movies, but in case he's listening, obviously, hey, Chris. <laughs> but the, uh, once you do get to the point in some of those movies where 
like you've built it so much to where you you know what the character is gonna do. So you all from seeing the other movies, you know Godzilla is gonna go off, and so the anticipation of that sometimes can make it even better when it happens. You're like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, and then they're like, nah, nah, that was a fake scare. We just saw his tail. You're like, oh, but I know he's there, <laughs> or something like that. So it's like. Sometimes that anticipation is good, where they're just kind of toying with you a little bit, and mm-hmm. but other times, like you said, you, you're just like, could you just like open it up with him popping out of the water, and then we just have two hours of pure chaos, because that might be a little bit more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but speaking of Godzilla, I just had the flash that we should probably mention the uh, was it 1999 version of Godzilla, <laughs> where which, he was like a dinosaur, <laughs> <laughs> which they. <laughs> They don't even want you to call him Godzilla anymore. He's just Zilla because he doesn't deserve the God title. <laughs> he's, like a, he's like a T-Rex. He's the weirdest looking Godzilla I've ever seen. This is very weird. And I'm like, at the time, I, I guess it was a pretty good push forward. Um, good but, the des- but the design, it, it was so weird and, and different. Um, and then the story again, the characters... You can kind of get on board of it, some of it, but it was just so goofy and like they cast a comedy so instead bad. of what yeah. had come before. It was a very odd take on it. Very miscasted with Matthew Broderick and all that. Like, <laughs> he does not need to be in that movie at all. Not a bad actor, just not that character. Yeah. Didn't need to be there. I mean, but at the same time, I was young enough when that film came out to like not care. I mean, I still. If it was on, it. I would still watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's bad, but if it was on, I'd still watch it. It's the same thing. Like watching it as a kid, I was like, "This is crazy." Yeah. And watching it as an adult, I was like, "This is horrible." <laughs> but I still have that nostalgia from it. Yeah, that's a good example of like recreating the having the opportunity to recreate with more technology. They're mm-hmm. like, we can do it. We can make Godzilla because it's it's its own original story and it has its own kind of background and stuff to it. And they're like, we could just reimagine it with a bigger, better Godzilla rather than making it on literally a tiny like mm-hmm. Japanese set. So it's uh, but then again, it kind of that the newer ones. I haven't seen the the newest one where the he fights. You might know the monster. Go, go cheer, or no, sorry, that's actually Godzilla's name. What's it? Uh, King Gordon or something. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I'm, seen I'm going to feel bad that I don't know that. I haven't seen that, but all I've seen is the cinematography from that movie and the special effects, and holy cow, do I want to see it. <laughs> okay, anybody else have any uh, remakes they want to talk about specifically? The one that I was just thinking about, have you guys seen the newest Mad Max movie? Oh, that's a great one to talk about. Have you about. seen the original the, one? The Fury Road. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I did see the original one, but it was so long ago, I don't remember like, yeah, any of it. it's from like, the 70s, I think, I want to say. But it's, it's a great, it's another really good example of somebody who clearly loved this movie as a kid, and or the, whoever wrote it, wrote it uh, and either maybe they directed it too, but... They saw this movie and were like, the idea has so much potential. Because the original movie kind of sucks. I didn't really like it. Yeah. It was, the idea is cool. It's such a cool idea. And they were like, what if we took this idea and just kind of tweaked it a little bit and made it our own? They kept a lot of the original stuff. The the main bad guy in it, I think, looks almost exactly the same. It's like pretty, pretty close. He's a little bit more realistic looking now. But with like all of his tubes and pumping stuff, he looks <laughs> gross. But... But the, the backstory and stuff, 
or lack thereof of the main characters in this one versus the original one. It's not this one has less of a romance isn't the right word, but like it doesn't it's so much more focused on the uh I can't even think of how to describe it. Anyway, before I get aside, the yeah, the Mad Max remake is a really good example of a much better remake. Mm -hmm. For a simple fact, one, it won a bunch of Oscars. It was nominated for like <laughs> 10 or 11 Oscars, something crazy like that. But two, the special effects in that movie are unreal. Yeah. And that's, and a that's lot of what that's practical, right? Yeah, yeah. And that, there, I mean, there were like the sandstorm in the middle was all VFX. Mm -hmm. But most, I think, other than that, I think you're right. Like, I think like everything. all the cars and oh the yeah, they had all that stuff built, which is crazy yeah. cool. And that's an example. I mean, that movie, the original movie, needed those uh, the ability to do those special effects and the practical effects, the skill set to be able to do it. The budget was way higher too, obviously. Yeah, I, so I think that's you know part of it. It, it uh, took a huge budget to something that didn't, but you know, like took all the good parts of it. You know, this kind of isolation mm -hmm. in this desert world, this chaotic you know, apocalyptic, crazy scenario, this silent but, you know, badass lead character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, but it layered so many new, fresh kind of uh, parts to it to very, make it work very well. Very feminist forward aspect to it yeah. with trying to free all of his wives and things like that. It was just very, it was cool. Right, but... um I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I know you guys, uh, Jenny and Levi, came in here expecting more Disney conversation. Um, <laughs> so why don't we talk about uh, the whole Disney kind of like trying to shift everything in their catalog from animation to live action or CGI, whatever you want to call it. Before we do that, um, I want to bring up the Annie remake. The one that was okay. 2014. Oh, yeah. Um, I... It is a remake that I didn't even think about whenever we first started discussing the possibility of doing a remake episode that I just recently remembered about. But the fact that they brought in a more diverse cast mm -hmm. with their remake, mm -hmm. they had the opportunity to do that. I think that's something that um, is good and sometimes we don't see quite often enough in some of these remakes. Is just being, now that we're farther along um, in a society we're able to diversify some casts when we try to do remakes and it's not something that always gets looked at or done yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, and they take that opportunity to retell a story in a brand new light and with just a more um, sort of representative matter. I mean, even thinking of like The Wiz is a similar thing, like, that was redone off The Wizard of Oz, and so just being able to, um, yeah, just have that representation, or even Into the Spider-Verse, you know, having a black Spider-Man, um, that's a really powerful tool that those companies have to be able to retell their stories with a different light, and I don't think it's taken advantage of as much as it should be. Also, what a, what a first... Uh, first feature for the African American Spider Man being Spider Verse. Yeah. Just like is he Miles Morales is a comic book character and plenty of people love that story. Just bringing it into film with such an incredible movie. Oh, it's beautiful. It was great. 
it's a matter of time before that is brought out of animation, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. My yeah. guess, anyway. Yeah. But Disney. But Disney. It's time for okay. me to shit on Disney remakes <laughs> because I hate them. Go all out. Go oh, all out. Oh, <laughs> Let's talk about a ton of other movies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will mostly be discussing the music of the Disney remakes mm. because I was going to college to be a music education teacher. So I, I like to focus on music. So let's talk about not music first. <laughs> I just Timon think... and Pumbaa yeah. from the Lion Exactly. Team. I hope you die. <laughs> no. I just think they're such cop-outs, especially Disney ones, because Disney is this massive company that has access to the world's best animation and production resources and is this huge monopoly. It just feels like a cop-out. Like, mm-hmm. why? I'm okay with other yeah. movies doing it if they're smaller and, like, whatever. But, like, you have the materials and the money to come up with original stories and, like, everyone wants to work for you. So if you don't have anybody with yeah. a good idea in your room, you can probably hire someone. Yeah. So it just it feels like such a cop-out. Yeah, and the... It feels like there's like time periods in Disney's timeline mm-hmm. where a bunch of good movies, like classics, come yeah. out. Like the 30s and 40s and stuff when like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and all of them came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are like forever classics. Yeah. yeah, the beginning Disney movies are all classics. And then like 90s to 2000s, you get Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, no, that's Pixar. That's Pixar. That is Pixar. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, yeah, the, um, they, they were at the, the original time. Lion you King, Hercules, Mulan. Mulan. Yeah. All the Disney Renaissance. I was uh, say that's a, yeah, that's usually the time area is called the Disney Renaissance, and it's when okay. all of those huge ones. Um, all of the ones that they're currently remaking. remaking. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, it's it's weird that they're remaking them, and uh, you keep waiting for. It feels like when they do get an original idea, because it feels like for whatever reason now they're so focused on okay. remaking their good ideas. They're like, <laughs> well, that made us so much money. It's like, look at Dave's house. Yeah. That's because. Of Hercules. Can you believe that? <laughs> They're like, what, what? you could have a house like Dave if you just yeah. make Hercules on a bigger scale. But they have proven that with their original ideas, they do well also. I mean, think of like the Frozen, Frozen franchise. Is, yeah. Like, I mean, obviously it's based on a fairy tale, but like original to Disney, like a Frozen, blew up Moana, Tangle, Princess and the Frog, like all they of these. They do really well. They do really well. So why then are you just ruining the Lion King? Or... They're just selling it all on nostalgia features yeah. or uh, yeah. factors. You don't have to sell somebody the story if it's already been done. You can just exactly. say, this character, and everybody is supposed to just, yeah. oh, that's wonderful, it's I love an, it. It's an automatic check. Yeah. It's, it's literally what it is. It's just yeah. an automatic paycheck. You know it's going to make money. Yep. There's no chance that The Lion King, if you showed it with the trailer that you showed it and the new reanimation, mm-hmm. that you wouldn't make a billion dollars off of it. There's and no they chance. timed it. To where the kids that grew up with the Lion King and when it came out are now like these young adults, adults who, who possibly have kids. <laughs> yeah, like and so they just. I mean, it's it's a smart business idea again, but is it the most moral nice thing? <laughs> Let me ask you guys: Do you think the audience in general is going to catch up with that eventually and like? Kind of demand by not going to these movies. Like resent the, the like, remakes. Do you think it's possible that the next Disney remake? Um, I think Mulan's the next one's gonna be. Well, well, I was gonna go no, down the road because it's obviously gonna do well. well. It's gonna be beautiful. <laughs> what if, if it comes out of the theaters? It's gonna do well. But what if it's not good? What if they cut like three songs? 
move on. We'll move on. Not as not far as we've songs. heard, they don't have any they songs. They got all of the songs. Like, it's it's a, they did it's it just a, as yeah. the score, like a background. So she doesn't actually sing. So it's more of like an action film. By the and way, they did cut... Uh, what's a dragon? Moo shoe, right? Yes. They did that because that was racist, so yes. we applaud that. <laughs> so s- I think with that one, they've made changes that are good. But again, the Lion King, not good. Well, I guess to be determined, right? Yes. I was so excited for the Lion King. I, they cast it. You thought amazing. You thought amazingly. Yep. They should come out with a cast. You're like, this is going to be incredible. And yeah. Well, and I hate yes. when they... We were talking about this beforehand, that they call them live-action remakes, because what about The Lion King is live-action? The Broadway version is live-action, <laughs> but the new one is just CGI. CGI. Really fancy animation. Really exactly. Fancy animation. Yeah, exactly. So, like, The Jungle Book, I applaud that because, I don't know the kid's name, he had to work with all of these green screen technologies to perform it well. Yeah. And, like, The Beauty and the Beast, same thing, but... Until they show me video evidence of there being real lions on (laughs) studio, on set, I will not ever call the new Lion King live action. Not since the MGM lion. Are they letting that happen again? I mean, at the same point, though, I just want to bring up the fact that uh, the people who put in the work to make that did a great job. Absolutely incredible. It's just it fails to do anything really other than to show how good you are yeah. at making um, lion realistic yeah, yeah. yeah. animators great the people who are in charge of the story or the plot right you should it shows di- yeah disney's <laughs> hired too many animators because yeah. apparently too many people got uh, degrees in that coming from like you said our age group that yeah. was like oh we can go to school and make animation movies because we were in the prime yeah. time of animation movies but nobody went to school for telling good stories or retelling <laughs> good stories right yeah also, nobody really went to school for good fitting music within the <laughs> None of the songs. So, the. I forget his name. One of the greatest men within Disney who wrote almost all of the music for a bunch of these classics. Uh, his philosophy was whenever the emotions are too much to talk, you sing. Whenever they're too much to sing, you dance. The new Aladdin movie just has a dance scene thrown in the middle of it that has no relevance to any of the plot. The um, I forgot that one. It's, it's rough. Yeah, it's like, I don't as much as... I have I'll, really low expectations for that one, though, so when I watched it well, eventually... Blue Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> so when I eventually watched it, I was like, yeah, it's, it's not as bad as I thought, but you can never, yeah, never yeah. recast Robin Williams yeah. in well, anything. Yeah, it, it, that was... In, that's tough too, because you got to think about it from the audience. They they probably partially they care about us, right? Disney and all of them remaking it, but we connect so heavily with the original one mm-hmm. that we are so biased. We can't. We hold no <laughs> exactly. and with unapologetically biased. Usually, like yeah. we said, you could never recast Robin Williams. Like, well, they're gonna try, yeah. right? And they're gonna try it with all the remakes. They're gonna try yeah. something new. They're gonna try something that's gonna piss this generation off. And the generation of eight-year-olds that see it today are going to love it. Yeah. yeah well, and I think that brings up an interesting point when there are more iconic actors who, like, are in Disney movies. So, like, like Robin Williams. Like, obviously, he was known for the genie, but his whole career wasn't in Disney. Where a lot of those early Disney movies, it's like the same circulating cast of voice actors. Right. 
Like, the guy who voiced Winnie the Pooh also voiced, like, 10,000 other things. And so there's not that, like, nostalgic, um, like, possessive feeling where when you watch Aladdin, you're like, Robin Williams, that's my genie. Like, (laughs) nothing can ever... They don't hire good voice actors anymore. They hire famous famous people people to do voices, and they don't know what they're doing. Like... Voice acting is so difficult to do yeah. from being able to animate yourself without being seen. So, if, like, if you ever see videos of people doing it, like, even Robin Williams, he is, like, all, over the, all over the place. And it's it's what you should, even, like, Bradley Cooper from uh, when he was the raccoon in Guardians, he is all over the place voice acting for this. And it shows really good talent on his part. But mm-hmm. Disney doesn't, they don't hire voice actors. It's all, they go it's for gimmick. The na- they They're go like, for the names. Yeah, we want this name to be playing this person because that'll bring in at least that audience. It's gaining as much audiences as you can mm-hmm. possibly grab. They're throwing them all in a net and they're like, look, we got Beyonce. Get her here. She's going to be awesome. And it's like, she, I mean, she was okay. But yeah. Yeah. Vin Diesel as Groot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, you're dragging in as many fan bases as you can into this one movie rather than Taking, I bet you can't name ninety percent of the voice actors that did the um, like the earlier Pixar and Disney mm-hmm. movies, like the Finding Nemo's and things like that. But I, I bet you, I bet you, you would recognize their voices though. Yeah, that's Absolutely. the difference. Versus the remakes now that all you like you said they just yeah. use and it ruins it too for me because you like take Timon and Pumbaa. I hated their voices more than I could possibly describe. Just listening to the, oh, why did the so? <laughs> Pumbaa, Seth Rogen, right? Yeah. Why did they absolutely leave him out to dry whenever he started the? Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hakuna Matata, like it, it's awful. He's not on the right notes. He sounds terrible. When all of the other actors, they're just completely fine with auto tuning to whatever they feel like. They actually. Tuned Kid Simba to the wrong note in Just Can't Wait. And it drives me insane. They, and Beauty and the Beast, they, as much as I love Emma Watson, auto-tuned every single song of hers. There's not a song where she is not, or where it's her original voice. And you can tell because all of her inflections, her attacks, and her intonation, and her vibrato is all perfect and the exact same. Which is not how an actual performance is. And it sucked the life out of a lot of the characters that they have. And that's, like, the, the people in charge are the ones who are, like, trying to fine-tune things. Because it also bugs me so much in terms of, like, small decisions that you didn't have to... You could have just, you know, made it be real or make it... Uh, like, if you're des- deciding to make a live-action version of uh, Lions but you want them to be emotional that you can, like, get readings off of. You need some human characteristics in the face, but mm-hmm. people, like, yeah. decided not to do that. Like, that's mm-hmm. clearly a bad idea. But they just like, nope, it's fine. And I feel like they coached them in a lot, not just the singing, but in their just performance to, like, tone it down because you can't get excited because it would come out weird of a cat's face if it's just, like, barely moving, but you're, like you know, stretching your face out to yell or something yeah. that would be unnatural. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, just muffled everything. Yeah. The, one of the ones that they did really good with, with music and keeping things authentic, would be uh, the Jungle Book, the new Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Cut out a lot of the songs. Um, I think they've only got um, Bare Necessities and I Want to Be You, which is King Louis' song, both of which are incredible because it's what well, Bill Murray is 
Baloo, mm-hmm. while he's floating down the river, he sings, he is in character. Mm-hmm. You, he feels like it's a bear lazily floating down the river <laughs> singing. Right. And same with King Louis, it feels like he's a giant orangutan, and it's incredible. But a lot of the other characters, they're singing, and it just, it's such and such actor singing as... Yeah. Yeah. ...over top of the character, and it doesn't work. Yeah. And I think the live-action idea is good, but they need to be doing it with, like, human stories. You know, like, they need to stop with these animals, because like you said, like, the whole emotional thing with animals' faces, you want it to look real, but you need that animation... Which is what, like, those I think there's are. room to blend it, but yeah. we won't know unless they try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the Uncanny Valley is a very, you know, yeah. strange thing to have to toy with, so, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Freak people. Yeah, they got psychologists over at Disney working that working that out, trying to make sure you don't scare the hell out of <laughs> little kids by having a lion look like a lion, but he's like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Lion looking like the lion, except for the face. It's just a superimposed <laughs> face on a lion's mane. Oh, what, like cats? <laughs> yeah, exactly like cats. Or, instead of just doing more live-action movies, they should just start taking them to Broadway again, like they did, because The Lion King on Broadway is phenomenal. Disney isn't on Broadway, though, so they can... I know. <laughs> All but of they the new of Disney right? remakes I don't know. have really good original... Well, not original. Broadway musicals with their own songs mm-hmm. and things. So... Disney has incredible remakes that are on Broadway, but not remakes onto yeah. the screen. Yeah. And I don't understand how they managed to do that. So I have an interesting question. Thinking about all these remakes, do you guys think we are in a sort of downward trajectory until the generation of Disney and just movie makers in general is out, where all the movies that are being made remake-wise are money-focused? Mm-hmm. So like you think about... The movies that we talked about with The Thing and Mad Max, they don't, those movies don't feel like money grabs. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. weren't, like, they were, The Thing in 1980, John Carpenter's The Thing was not a money grab right. because he had no, like, it could have flopped. He had no way to gauge. The original one was popular, but it didn't blow people out of the water. It was just the wrong time period for it. Do you guys think we're in a lull with movies where all the movies that are being made are just going to be remakes for a while until somebody says, enough can't watch these anymore to be cynical i i think right now we're definitely going through a time where money is basically everything mm-hmm. especially in any, any form of business because if you're not uh primarily focused on profit you don't last right so yeah i definitely think that um we're gonna have to wait for some sort of uh you know drastic change in the mindset in our culture yeah. Um, specifically in movies to some, be like let's let's actually care about the art and the stories yeah. and, and what the, we're um, putting our time into watching rather than just constantly shilling out for the rated the latest remake of you know an old idea yeah well and I think it is more of the picture of like the monopolies that own the movie making bus- yeah. business so like Disney and whatever, all the other ones, Disney's, like, the big one I can think of is that I feel like they are very money-focused and they're trying to nickel and dime all of the ideas they've already come up with. But when you think of, like, the indie movie circuit, like, there are incredible, creative, and imaginative right. new stories coming up, but, like, they those don't get the same attention because of all of these, like, monopolies and big production companies. And so it's more of an idea 
I think the shift needs to happen more towards lifting up those creative original things that are out there that like Mm -hmm. but it's like you have to kind of know about them to seek them out and we need to stop just flooding all of the media with the lion king you know remade for the 50th time and like things like that like there needs to be more of those um underground voices it's not the only time in history where things like this happen right it's it's all it's ebbs and flows it's at some point i'm sure we'll be like in an amazing time of art again, yeah. right? Where not that we're not in an amazing time for art, where it's an interesting time, I'll say the very least. But like you said, maybe at some point, uh, and for sure at some point, the uh, cultural change will have to happen in order for that to really take place. Where we need to, we would have to somehow be less money focused. How yeah. that happens, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I think eventually Disney will beat all of the money out of its uh, yeah, yeah. intellectual yeah. properties and have to. Or they'll make something some big new. mistake. Yeah. Or they'll make yeah. a big mistake and realize, oh, we need something new that people will actually enjoy. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I was talking about before, like wondering what's kind of people's breaking point of like, when are they not going to go see a big name movie because they've just been fed up with um, low par films, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and the remakes do that to you, right? Yeah. So eventually, I mean, the next couple remake. So honestly, if Mulan isn't good, I hope it's good. I really hope yeah. it's awesome. But just, let's say Mulan is a Lion King example. I'm done with yeah. the live action remakes of the Disney movies just because they're they're not holding up as well as they you think they should. They just seem to take a lesson from Pixar because Pixar is doing great things and has original ideas. Yeah, you think Pixar is ever... I would be blown away if Pixar was like, let's do a real Toy Story. Yeah. Live action. <laughs> I want Andy oh walking God. across... You know how... Like, I, I, know I, I hate you so much for putting that idea <laughs> in my head because I could see it happening eventually. Right, and but I really don't want it to. I don't want it to. Like, <laughs> you know I think it would be, be terrible. Better? A, uh, a live action of Bugs Life. Bugs Life was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Super underrated Pixar movie. That's Super underrated Pixar movie. I can't wait for the live action. The live action one's going to be amazing. Can you imagine how creepy the bugs are going to be? Yeah. No faces. It's just going to be Pinterest. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> just Pinterest. Just scares out of some kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I forgot. I, as soon as you said, you know what would be a good one? I was like, Bugs, bugs Life. Life. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's get to, to wrapping it up. Final thoughts. I know this is a huge category, and I, I do think there's enough material in here to come back to this eventually down the road, um, especially as new remakes get made and everything. We'll probably be talking about some. Um, but I don't know. Your guys' thoughts about, like, is there a fix to this? Good, bad, ugly? What do you think? I think remakes can be good mm-hmm. under the right intentions, right? So I think that's kind of our summary, if I could put it in there. It'd be the remakes, it's good to take a risk and reimagine something, change something, take something in and out, do what you want. Keeping the original essence is going to be important for if you want to get that nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to hate your remake if you totally change everything and keep the same name. I really yeah. won't. I think it's interesting when that happens because it's adapt. It's then it is judged by its own merits mm-hmm. and not judged on its comparison to the original film. Yeah. And a lot of the, the some of the superhero movies are getting better at that. Like mm-hmm. you said, taking stuff from the comics that weren't ever going to be told. At least if it was up to the original person that did the first Spider-Man or Superman or whatever. It's 
interesting to take those risks, and I think if you were more willing to do that with remakes, we would see many, many more original ideas coming off of yeah. those. And so if you get three of them that suck, that's fine, but it's all about that one that changes the outlook on that whole character or that whole movie or is the 1982 thing and is just better than the original one. Mm -hmm. It's the quality over quantity. Right. It right. shouldn't be about let's just nickel and dime them to, you know, get the same thing out and whatever, but it's that quality of being yeah. able to reimagine it that I think is key. Yeah, and reimagine's the right word. Yeah. It needs to be, it can't be the, what is the, there's some movies that are just shot for shot remakes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's fine, but when, at that point you're not even lying to your, you're not lying to anybody. You're saying, I'm making money off of not my idea. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a shot for shot remake of this movie. Yeah, exactly. It's, take a risk and reimagine something from it. Give it some sort of fun aspect that is yours, and then it'll be... Like I said, judged more on its original merit than. So I think a lot of remakes need to have more of innovation instead of imitation, which yeah, is, I said exactly. earlier. And as long as you're actually trying to tell a new story or improve the older story, I, I don't have an issue with a remake as long as it's trying to. Attempting to be better instead of just, here's this thing again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, because I think we all, you know, we want to lift up uh, original ideas, new ideas, new stories. Um, and we urge audiences everywhere to do that because that's how, you know, uh, you garnish or, you know, you earn new and exciting characters that will go on to last forever, you know, and want to get remakes uh, eventually down the line is by creating an original character now. And people... You know, they, they like to say that kind of originality is dead, that all the stories are told, and I'm like, that is bullshit. No, there is so much new material, you just have to give it a chance, give new writers a chance. Um, so wherever possible, please, you know, do what you can to, to help that out. Go see a movie that you have no idea what it is, and, you know, spread the word about it if it's good. Um, but in terms of remakes, I, I think we kind of found the, the, the line is... Um, is it getting made just for profit? Is it a money grab? Or does it have um, not just competent people working on it, but people who are passionate, who are looking to tell a very unique story, not just the story that they've heard before, but something that you know changes the game in a way, um, or just builds in like a new direction, or it, it does something, it takes risk. It, 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 uh, I mean, I think everybody knows on instinct whether a remake is bad or not. Um, and I just hope people get better and better about telling, you know, before a movie gets put out there, whether it's worth the investment to go see it, to support it, because um, as long as people say, you know, it's a Disney movie, let's go see it, just because they're not going to stop doing it because it mm -hmm. makes sense for business. Unless, like I said, that... Uh, dream in the sky of cultural change and where profit isn't the most important thing in going or making movies so uh, those are my final thoughts now if you want to get in contact with us we are sit down for real on facebook twitter and gmail we appreciate your support and definitely want to hear from you uh, thanks to btb films and our crew for helping out the podcast whenever they can thanks to dylan for taking care of all of our audio work Thanks to my guests today, and thank you for listening.
Extra thanks to those who like, subscribe, and leave a nice review wherever you find us. It means a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll save a spot to you. Oh, we'll save your spot till next time if I can say that right. Goodbye. I, I really wanted to talk about Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Oh. I forgot to talk about The Great Gatsby. Man, that was what I was going to say. One good remake. You're still here. Thanks for hanging out with us while we talk movies. But now we want to hear from you. If you have a comment, send it our way. Did we forget something or make a mistake? Call us out on it. Do you have a movie you really want us to review? Let us know what it is and we'll get to it. Whether you have a question about filmmaking process or just want to know who we think would win in a fight between all the film characters of Martin Scorsese versus the characters of Quentin Tarantino, you ask us whatever you like and we'll do our best to figure it out. So once more, we are Sit Down For Real, R-E-E-L, on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook. Your support means everything to us. Thanks for listening.